Hi, I'm Daryl Wanzer Serrano. I'm Ariana Ruiz. I'm Rene Rocha, and this is Imagining Latinidades. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I am uh, one of your co-hosts, Daryl, and I'm joined with uh, one other co-host, Renee. And we are uh, we're doing a special episode today focused on the experience of Latina, Latina, Latinx students um, at a place like the University of Iowa and and their experience in a credentialing program of Latina, Latino studies. Uh, and so we're joined by two students today, and I'll let each of them introduce themselves. Naomi, would you like to go yeah. first? Um, so my name is Naomi Marroquin. Um, I'm a fourth year student graduating this May. My major is Global Health Studies with a Latino Studies minor. Um, I'm from Northwest Iowa, um, a town constor Malik. And yeah, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, cool. So my name's Bianca Robles Munoz. I'm a third year student here studying speech and hearing sciences with minors in American Sign Language and Latino Studies. And I'm from Lake City, Texas. It's like close to the Houston area, suburby area. Bello, Texan. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Renee is very happy. Um, so, you know, we just want to jump into things uh, in this conversation today. You know, w- w- when we started this part podcast, the the very first episode, the full episode that we did, we talked about what we called our our origin stories, our like Latinx superhero origin stories, like how we came to the field. Um, and since you know, since you're current students and you came to the field recently, uh, we're really wondering, like, why did you? What compelled you to sign up for your first Latina Latino Studies course? Yeah. So, um, for me, I remember being in an Alma meeting. And Jorge came to um, speak to us about the Viner. And then he was like promoting um, his new class, like about a film class that he was doing. And I don't know, it just sounded like super interesting. And I was thinking about declaring the Viner um, to begin with. So I just thought might as well. Yeah, What's Alma? Explain that a little bit to us. Yeah, Alma is the Association of Latinos Moving Ahead. I'm actually the president this year. Um, oh. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah great. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's um, just a student organization that meets every Wednesday at the LNAC, which is the Latino Native American Cultural Center. And it's just like a space for students. Um, just like, I like to compare, I like to like say it's like a family and like just another house. And um, we try to do different things every week. So we do like workshops or bring guest speakers or we just have like game nights and it's just to be community. How many students are a part of Alma here? Consistently, we get about 25 to 30 students every meeting. Wow. Um, our group chat, there's like maybe like a hundred some and then like we do different like events like fundraisers or bailes and like a lot of people will come out to those. Mm-hmm. But like consistently like members, like about 30. Cool. Um. Okay. My origin story, I guess. Um. And, like, the honest truth, why I signed up for the first class was my advisor, Ignacio. Um, yeah, I freaking love that guy. Um, he, He's been good about getting people to sign oh up for Oh, my gosh. I've, okay, so I'm a speech and hearing major. And so I had him as my advisor. And he was like, oh, I noticed you haven't taken this gen ed yet. You know what qualifies? Intro to Latino Studies. And I was like okay, yeah, I guess that's fine. I don't know. Maybe I'll take it. I'll look at the other classes too. And um, I ended up just being like, you know what? Why not? Because my like idea at first was like, why do I have to take an intro to Latino studies course? I'm Latina. Like, I already know what I need to know, you know? And then I was like, okay, why not? I'll take it. 
And also something funny about Ignacio, I got to that class. There was a lot of people in that class that were my major that said that he specifically was like <laughs> recommending the class to them. And they're like, okay, yeah, why not? Same <laughs> as me. Um, which is also funny because my major is very much like white <laughs> because it's a STEM major. And um, there's, it was interesting because that class that I took first was really half and half of like Latino and POC and white, which was also really interesting to, for the class. But that's like the main reason I got it was like nasty. I don't, I don't think I yeah. would have taken it if it wasn't for him. Yeah. My, and my guess is that was probably your most diverse class that year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Consistently. And like in my major, like I'm always either the only one or very few mm-hmm. POC in my class. And I remember walking to that class, I was like, whoa. And I was like, um, just the fact that like half of our like 25 person class was POC. I was like, whoa, this is so cool. And that's, I think, part of what kept me like signing up for them because it felt yeah. like a cool, like safe space. Because like unless I was going to something like Alma or like a student organization, I was seeking it out in classes. I wasn't finding that. So that was one of the reasons that I loved the class so much. Yeah. Naomi, you were, like, nodding along there. Yeah, like, that's something that I really, really love about the Latino City classes is that, like, they're, like, people who look like me and it's, like, a very, very comfortable space where I know, like, I won't be judged on, like, my, like, opinions or, like, sometimes we share, like, personal, like, stories or experiences that, like, relate to, like, the coursework. So, like, I think that's, like, a really big reason I've sticked with the minor is because, like, I love being in these spaces and in, like, classes, like Bianca said, like, my intro class I was like I'm Latina I already know but like I realized really quick I didn't know anything and I learned so Mm -hmm. much since yeah I I just got a like a a quick follow-up question maybe it's not quick at all um but why do you like could you put into words like why that feeling um of seeing kind of yourself reflected in the kind of across the classroom and the diversity of the classroom why that was so like meaningful and powerful for you you mentioned about like it made you feel like you could express your opinions without being judged um kind of prejudged on them uh but what else i mean we and we know from like educational studies that like this is important but yeah like um a lot of the people in these classes are latinx for example and it's just like some of us have like similar like experiences so like they understand like what we're like mean or coming from and usually people in these classes are very very open to like learn more and want to hear like our stories so that's why i felt like i'm not being judged if not it's like more of a learning opportunity Mm -hmm. and it's like being at a pwi you just want to be in classes that you see peers that like are of color or like um are like latinx or like people that you want to be around because i'm used to also being in classes with i'm the only latina or like one of like three so it's like really cool being in these classes yeah yeah i everything she just said yeah and um i think something that is really cool too that other than just the people sitting next to me but having someone at the front of the classroom that looks like me like that's that's the thing that really made a difference i think like it even I feel like even made me more willing like you were talking about like to share things that I wouldn't share in other classes because I felt like like I feel like in other classes where I might be the only person that's POC I worry that me opening up and sharing something um, I'm just a learning experience for the white people around Mm, me mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. that I don't want 
to give them the satisfaction almost. And sometimes that will keep me from sharing things. But with the person at the front of the classroom resonating and like understanding what I'm saying, like not just at face value, but like from their own experiences that are similar, I think is one of like the biggest things that made me love that classroom and feel safe. Like what you're talking about, I like, I would always say to my um, friends, I felt like I would leave and feel like I just got out of a therapy session because like it was, even if I wasn't talking, I was hearing things that I was like, yes, Mm -hmm. yes, yes. And it was resonating with me in ways that I did not get anywhere else or in ways that I didn't expect any of my other professors to understand. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, you know, some of the things I'm hearing is that, um, you know, it's very important to have these spaces like Alma where you have this community that's rooted around basically like social experiences. But it's another thing to have that sort of community that's rooted uh, very much within an academic setting and the sort of the privilege and the um, the sort of authority that comes with having people around you engage in that intellectual dialogue and then the further privilege and authority that comes from having the person at the front of the classroom, like you're saying, mm-hmm. having that same sort of identity as you. And so I think it's really important to... Cr- to carve those spaces again, sort of academically as well, socially, it sounds like you guys are getting a lot out of it. I have sort of one sort of silly question. So you're talking <laughs> about Bianca uh, coming to Iowa, taking Latino studies. Uh, why do I need to take it? You know, I'm Latina. Why do yeah. I need to take Latino studies? Does it feel a little weird to come to Iowa to to be a Texan oh. and then come to Iowa to to take an intro to to Latino Latina studies class? I'm like trying to not laugh. It's like. <laughs> You can Ooh. laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I just mean because I'm like, oh my gosh, you don't even want to open that can of worms. Because I I think I very, very much came here for the academic opportunity. And um, like for speech and hearing sciences specifically, it's a really strong program here. I was like, okay, yeah, if I come here, it'll be the best way to like further like my career. And what I neglected to think about or like, not even that I didn't think about it because I definitely did when I came here um, when I'm deciding, but I didn't anticipate what came with the experiences that I would have here at a um, predominantly white institution because like I came from like Houston, like from the time I've been in kindergarten, I've always been surrounded by people that look like me, didn't look like me that were from all over it's a super diverse area where I live in. And so to all of a sudden not have that and also put a huge transition on top of that from going, to, like literally moving across the country, I was like, I underestimated that. And like what type of things I would have to struggle with here. Um, so yeah, like, I mean, even when I came and visited with my dad, um, we did once and my dad like asked uh um there was a student that was helping out with like the visit day or whatever and was like are there nice white people here (laughs) and um I remember like the day that we were here there happened to be a rally going on because it was around um the last election and um my dad was like validated by that he was like oh there's people that don't like him here too and he was like okay it looks like there's some nice white people here i feel more comfortable sending you here um but yeah i don't know it's it's very weird because um it's interesting because in my classes i like hear the experiences of people that have always been in places like Mm -hmm. this and for Mm -hmm. me it's strange to go from um not 
ever need, like not ever, but I've always been privileged to be around people that look like me and even sometimes like have teachers that look like me. And when all of a sudden I didn't anymore, I didn't know what to do. Yeah. So do you feel like this space is more important to you than it would have been had, say, you gone to like the University of Houston? I think it's taught me more. Like it's forced me to learn more about myself, but also how like diverse experiences of Latinos are without throughout the U.S. That I was privileged to be in a place where I didn't, not that I didn't have to think about race, but that I it wasn't as present in my day to day life. Like I wasn't experiencing negative parts of it as much um, as I came here. And I had experiences that I never had before when I was at home. So I think it's, it's forced me to learn more. Um, but, and then it's also like, you have to figure out if that, if I think it was a good trade-off, <laughs> you sure. know? Uh, but I think definitely, like, I have learned things about myself and about, like, even Latino studies I would have never learned if I went to University of Houston. Because why would I have even decided to, deep like go deeper into that if i didn't feel like i needed to Mm -hmm. yeah right or there's that draw i mean it's really funny because some of the the dynamics that you guys talk about are the same dynamics that we talk about as faculty right where we come to this institution and you know like we're not from iowa right Mm -hmm. and uh and we're from places with sort of uh, oftentimes more diverse uh backgrounds and then you know all of a sudden i come here and i'm like oh my god daryl he's puerto rican but i mean he's he looks pretty close to me so you know all of a sudden he's my new best friend right (laughs) and uh you know when i I grew up in the lower rio grande valley of texas you know someone being mexican-american didn't help me feel closer to them at all because you know heck 80 percent of the people mm-hmm. you know in my hometown are mexican-american that doesn't mean anything right mm-hmm. and um you know that we feel those same things you guys feel those same things it's really amazing mm-hmm. you know? yeah and uh, honestly we feel we feel the same points of isolation i mean gosh it, the the, uh, the meeting i was in for the first half today i was the only latino in the room um which you know is is kind of par for the course still um uh, especially when, you know, e- even while, even while I think Iowa has done a, a good job since I've been here and certainly since, since you started, uh, cause you, you began a few years before me of recruiting, uh, Latino, Latino students. Um, it struggled in recruiting the faculty. All right. So you guys take that first class and then you decide to actually become a minor, right? So take us a little bit through that decision. You've kind of like hit on it a little bit in in your discussions, but like what's actually the point or the moment or the series of moments that led you to think, oh, this isn't a class I want to take. This is a bunch of classes I want to take. Um, For me personally, um, I do a lot of um, research regarding like immigration. Um, So I thought that a lot of like the classes, I knew that fundamentally like it all started there. So I think, that was a good base. And then I think just like the series of classes, they always just seem like something I always wanted to be interested in, something I wanted to like learn more about because like I know like my personal story, but learning the history of like how it started and like where we are today, like I think that's just like a really cool process and how like Latinos have shaped the world. So did you become a minor? Like was it, you know, a week after you started taking that first class or like at what point were you like, you know what? Yes. I have to go deeper in this. Yeah. Um, I, I'm trying to think, I think I declared the minor 
like the same semester that I was taking that film class with Jorge. And then, um, but right away in that class alone, I was like, I need to keep going. Yeah. Like, I really want to keep going, especially if I'm going to have, like Bianca said, like professors that look like me and be in those spaces. Like, I was like, I want to keep doing this. Mm-hmm. So that's why I kept going. Mm, yeah. For me, <laughs> I took it as a way to... I don't know. I, I took the classes and they just resonated with me so much. I was like, man, if I could keep doing this like once or twice a week, that'd be cool, you know? <laughs> um, and I think, yeah, my first, I took Intro to Latino Studies with Jorge probably a few weeks in. I was like, yeah, I'm going to. And I asked him about it like after class one day. I was like, I'm thinking about doing a minor maybe. And he was like, yeah, do it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and um, I was, and I would like talk to him about like, Hey, what classes should I take or whatever? And I would talk to him. And, um, but I think the reason I took it at, like, honestly, was just kind of like selfish. Like I wanted to take it for me because I like the classes. Um, I think as I've gotten more into it, I've realized how, it can help me in the future as far as like my career too. But initially it was very much like, I like these classes and they're really different from my other classes. Like it makes me use my brain in a different way than my science classes. And um, I want to keep doing it. And so I was like, why not take these classes if I have time and I can still graduate on time. And Mm -hmm. um, I did it. And then once I got into it, I realized I was like, Oh, this is cool because like, like Naomi mentioned, like I'm hoping to go into working with like bilingual populations and speech pathology and um, being bilingual myself again. I was like, oh, I know enough about that. I'm, I'm fine. And um, taking the classes, I was like, I don't know anything. <laughs> and that's something like that I have liked about it. Just like me having to like take a step back and be like, you don't know everything. You are one person with one experience and you yeah, have to listen yeah, yeah. to everyone else's. Well, you know that glo- global health speech pathology, right? I think that really illustrates the diversity of um, contributions which the minor can make to as a supplement to other people's um, other academic pursuits. In addition to an academic, you're also saying though, in addition to an academic pursuit in and of itself, right? Like that's really interesting. You're talking about how you wanted to take these classes because you wanted to take these classes. And then you're also talking about how you wanted to take these classes because they helped you in your other academic pursuits, right? So it's doing both of those things, mm-hmm. right? Which I think is, is uh, you know, a really important point to sort of tease out here. Yeah. Well, you both have kind of touched on this a little bit, but I'm wondering if you can kind of address it more directly. What do you, what do you think you get from, like, if you have to like really like list out the specific things, what do you think you get from the, from uh, Latina, Latino studies courses and or from the minor um, that you don't get in other courses or your major? Um, I was about to say this, but I think in a way, like these courses kind of is like cultural competency. Um, even though like I know my background, it's really like good learning other backgrounds and learning like about different um, countries. And I don't know, it's just like everything we learn is very different. And when it comes to like different like Latino study courses versus like other courses I've taken, I feel like it goes more in depth versus just briefly like overviewing and like 
for example, like with Jorge, like you ask a question and he'll go very in depth, like to make sure we understand. And I think other professors like maybe like, oh, I don't really know the answer or like, oh, well, um, we can talk about it later. Come to my office hours. And like he wants to address it. So people know, like everybody knows in the class. So that's me. Yeah, I relate to what you just said about like about my classes, talking about Latinos or talking about um, any other groups other than what's considered typical in my field which is white american monolingual um normal hearing individuals and as far as speech pathology goes like we spend the majority of all my semesters talking about that and then um we maybe spend one lecture talking about or half a lecture (laughs) talking about bilingualism and also you know, some people aren't rich and don't have access to, like, speech therapy. You need to be, like, sensitive to that. And, like, it was always, like, an afterthought. Like, oh, yeah, by the way, we talked about all this typical, what we consider to be typical things all semester. And then here's a few slides about how some people don't fall into that, even though that's probably the majority of people you'll be interacting with. And, um even though I don't necessarily talk about specifically speech pathology in my Latino studies classes, it does teach you more about what those classes don't about like how people's experiences are different and how people their like access to healthcare is different. Why might people not have access to healthcare? What if they're like, if they're undocumented, how does that keep them from coming in to seek help? How does that affect kids whenever they go into schools? Like, I don't know. Like I like that it forces me to use my brain enough ways. Even like I took like a Latino literature class. I'm like I'm the type of person that on my own will read one book a year maybe. And I took the class with Ariana and the books like reflecting like um experience it. Like I I told Ariana this once that like we read um We the Animals and it had like a Puerto Rican family in it and that was the first time I'd ever read a book with any characters that were Puerto Rican and reading the book was like crazy for me because um, I would have never read it otherwise if I hadn't come into these classes and yeah like Naomi's nodding like it's um I don't know it's it's something that I wouldn't have gotten anywhere else yeah it's so great because sorry we're getting we're getting the layering right of Mm -hmm. let's have game nights together uh Let's sit in a classroom together. Let's read a book where there are people like me, right? And so it's really building again that hierarchy of of sort of like privilege and authority. You know, the authority that comes not just from being in a classroom with people like you, but of seeing published work where you have people like you in it, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, I was going to say I had a similar experience in my education, but it wasn't until like late in graduate school um, when I finally like read something um, – you know, I was like encouraged by a professor to do something related to my Puerto Rican heritage um, and grabbed an anthology. And uh, the first thing in the anthology was a poem by uh, Sandra Maria Estevez um, called Here. Uh, and it was like the first piece of Puerto Rican poetry I'd ever read. And I was like crying in a coffee shop reading this. I'm like, oh, my God, I understand this. <laughs> um I remember suffering through like, you know, Blake um, and other like, you know, 
18th century English poets and stuff in, in literature classes going, you know, just hating it, hating it. I thought I hated poetry. Um, like, oh, I was just reading the wrong kind of poetry for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, try being a quantitative social scientist. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, I, I, I didn't cry the first time I, re- I read a study with uh, it was analyzed <laughs> on a, you know, subpopulation of Latinos. But, uh, you know, it, uh, there weren't a lot of them when I was starting off, that's for sure. And the first time I ran across studies where, like, it's like, it's okay to study this population. Yeah. Right? Like, that was a really transformative uh, experience early in my academic uh, life. Yeah. I mean, all that's pretty, like, pretty new in political science in some ways, right? Like, I remember when, when Val was here, Valerie Martinez Ebers, talking about, you know, she was like one of the first to do this work. And that was, I mean, wasn't that really like in the 2000s, like around 2000 or something? Uh, yeah, she her 2006 study is the second ever nationally representative survey of Latinos that was ever conducted. Uh, the first wasn't publicly released until 1996. And so like, mm, I started graduate school in 2002. It's not publicly released until 1996. That means like in the late 90s is the first series of articles published. So really, I started graduate school and these studies have just been published for a few years. It just is just getting going. So I'm there like... Not at the beginning, but like, you know, right just a couple of years after basically the, the big bang of, of Latino studies in my field. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I was uh, very fortunate that I'm not 10 years older than I am. Otherwise, I don't know what I'd be doing right now. <laughs> so, yeah. We'll, we'll play that game, imagining what, what Renee would have become. <laughs> some other it's, a, it's a little bit scary <laughs> to think about it. I don't want to know. But, yeah. Um, but, you know, like. Uh, I didn't necessarily, part of it is, um, you know, I think it really sort of intersects with your stories a lot because I didn't go to a predominantly white institution. I went to an HSI and, uh, part of going to an HSI then is I didn't necessarily feel the same compulsion to, uh, look at these topics. Right. And so, you know, when I start graduate school, I don't necessarily start graduate school with an idea of I'm going to do Latino studies work in my field of, of political science, right? I, that, that came, that urge came to me when I found myself not only in a predominantly white institution, which was my graduate institution, but in a sort of predominantly white academic field, understanding it as a predominantly white field in a way that I didn't understand it when I was an undergrad at a Hispanic serene institution. And so it is just very, the I think you guys are talking about how the place of our program is just it serves a very different function at a at an institution like this, right? And you know I think it also serves a very different function at a research oriented, uh, predominantly white institution too, right? So you know it's very um, these are all this is a very Ill, uh, useful and illustrative conversation for me because these are all things that I certainly suspect, right, and that I certainly hope are the virtues of our program but you know it's nice to actually hear you guys confirm some of them yeah yeah like i've had um jorge come to alma too because i'm like promote it like i can say it as much as i can but they hear it from a professor like you and like um just having conversations with him like i remember that was like last semester and i remember we had exec like right after that and i came down and there's still students talking to him and like until close at the lnac because he's just like and then I know, like, those same students are now in his class. So I think um, it's just, like, you, I don't know. I think students like us are always drawn to these classes because we're tired of being in classes where we're the only ones. So, 
Yeah, you said tired, and I felt that really hard. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I like what you were saying. Like, I feel like, like, so I took this class because my advisor told me to. But every time I left Intertilatino Studies, my um, roommate at the time, Jessica, she's Guatemalan and Mexican. Shout out to Jessica. <laughs> she, um, I would meet up for her for dinner and then I'd sit there and I'd rant to her about what I had learned that day. I'd be like, oh my God, my mind is blown. Like this, like we learned about this and now I'm thinking about this. And whenever I was growing up, blah, 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 and I would sit there and I would be like turning my wheels for hours after that class ended. Um, and then obviously by the time the semester ended, she was like, all right, well, I'm signing up for the class <laughs> then. She was like, I want to hear about this stuff. She's like, I don't hear about this stuff in my classes. And so, like, that's probably part of it, too. Like, you go to, like, something like Alma, where people are already meeting. Why? Because they want to be around people like them and people that identify with them. Um, And then you're like, yo, I'm getting this in the classroom, too. Um, Like, for all the reasons that we've talked about so far. And then they're like, oh, like, that sounds cool. I want to do that, too. Because, like, I think both serve a way of, like, you're trying to find community. And, like, what you were talking about, like, um, I wouldn't have done that if I had gone to a, not a PWI. Like, I wouldn't have had to seek out community. Um, and, like, I felt like you're whenever, first of all, whenever you're just joining college to begin with, you're like, I'm trying to find out who I'm going to be friends with. I'm trying to find out what I'm doing. Um, I, I came here and I knew not one single person. Um, so I came here I was like okay what's one place I know I can find people that at least have something similar to me and that was in places like the Latino Native American Cultural Center and like organizations that I knew identified with people in that way so whenever like you said I wouldn't have like delved into this area that I now love so much if it wasn't because I was here at Iowa and so I think that's why like like you said, like it serves a different purpose here. Like people aren't just taking your classes because Latino studies is just a, like a focus area that they really want to get into. Some people are just taking your classes because they want to be around people that they wouldn't see anywhere else. So I think that's it's really good that it's here. Yeah. You know, I feel like the university really owes it to you guys in um in some ways, you know, like you said earlier that sometimes you're hesitant to talk because you don't want to uh, just like educate the the white folk in your, in your class. Right. Um, you know, in some ways, why the university recruits so much in terms of diversifying into the undergraduate population is actually because kind of they hope you'll do that. Right. Mm. Uh, we'll you know, do the work for them, you know, exactly. Right. Like you're here in part. Because they hope that your presence educates, um, you know, the the white student body as well, right? That's that's part of what's going on here, right? And if that's going to happen, uh, then it's sort of incumbent upon the institution to do things to support y'all and, um, you know, and, and make that effort so that if they're sort of implicitly asking for your labor in this way without ever articulating that that's the deal, right? Then they ought to be doing things to, to help support you, right? To, to help sort of uh, refill your gas tank after they're, after they're asking stuff uh, out of you. So, yeah, I've had classes where like the professors like ask me like questions or like, they kind of like look at me thinking that I'm like respond. I'm like, 
I can't talk for everybody though. Like, I can talk about me and my own personal experiences, but I can't talk. Or like, mm-hmm. we'll be talking about like El Salvador, and like I'm like I can talk about my heritage, but like I can't talk about all the Salvadorians. Like it's like mm-hmm. it's like weird. Like exactly like Bianca said, they want us to do the work for them. It's like you guys mm-hmm. should be doing the research and like diving in. And mm-hmm. like for example, I went to Dominican this winter for like study abroad, and like people came to me all the time, like asking me these questions. I'm like. Ugh. I only have so much knowledge and like my brain would be fried by the end of the day, like translating back and forth. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> yeah. It makes me think of like whenever I was like in high school and I was taking Spanish classes and people would be like, yo, you want to help me with my Spanish homework? It still happens in college. So yeah, nothing has changed. Right. But um, whenever, um, yeah, I like, will always remember there was like this one day I was sitting in like one of my required rhetoric classes. It was my very first semester here. And I was very aware of that I was the only person of color in that classroom. Um and the like focus of the class or something was about like controversial topics. And that was like what we talked about all the time. Oh my god. Yeah, he's like making a face in here and I was like, that sounds like a great classroom to be in um, as a POC. So obviously, as a controversial topic, we talked about immigration. Um, also in the heat of the presidential election. And um, I remember there was one day we were watching a documentary or something. And it was following a few different like immigrant families. And one of them talked about how um, in the film at the time that it was recorded... President Obama had just approved DACA. And um, at the time we were watching it, just like two weeks before, we had had that rally on campus about how they were choosing to take it away. And I was sitting in that classroom and I almost wanted to start crying because I was like, it was just running like through my brain about how I had been at that rally. And now I was watching like in this documentary, these people like celebrating and hugging and crying because they had gotten that and now that it like it was under threat i was like uh so then i snapped back into the fact that i was in that classroom and my teacher was like let's talk about it all eyes on me and i was like please don't look at me i'm already about to cry anyway (laughs) and um i felt like everyone was expecting me to say something i refused i was like I'm not going to give you the satisfaction of me talking to you right now whenever I don't want to. And um, I ended up having to talk to the professor afterwards and be like, hey, like, I'm not here for this. Like, I'm here to just take rhetoric like everyone else. Like, I'm not here to, like, feel triggered. And so, yeah, it's just like I'm not here to be like a educational tool. And um, sometimes at PWIs, um like and the professor was very understanding about it It was like i'm so sorry i would like i don't want that to happen to you like if that ever happens again you can step out well i'm like okay yeah but like what am i gonna do step out so everyone can like look at me and be like oh what's up with her like it's just like about so like these classrooms that i don't have to worry about that are like why i love this minor so yeah i mean i think all all of this also speaks to the need um well, first of all, the, the need to educate other faculty. Um, uh, but I think the the need to have kind of broader education for, like I said, for faculty, but also for other students, right? Like, 
you know, it's great that, that we have these classes and these become a kind of, you know, can function as a kind of home space, an academic home space, even when it's not your major and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, and we've, <laughs> we've said this before on the podcast and in, and in the events we've held on campus, like, you know, at a certain level, it's like everyone should be taking these classes, right? Everyone should be taking Latino studies classes, um, especially in a state like Iowa that has undergone, you know, pretty, you know, pretty, pretty massive transformation over the last 20 years. Um, you know, even though, even though Latino folks have been here for, you know, for over a century, right. But a pretty, pretty substantial growth (coughs) and truthfully, excuse me, truthfully, like, you know, anywhere you go, any career path you take, right. You're going to be engaging Latinx communities, if you're staying in Iowa or heck, if you're in Iowa or Wisconsin or Illinois or Nebraska, um, you know, if you're, if you're anywhere here in the region or really most regions in the United States, right, your work is going to involve, you know, involve those kinds of engagements with, with, uh, with Latinx folk. Um, and the number of people who go into that, that setting, right, after college um, and just have, no idea whatsoever, right? It's like, oh, this is going to go swimming. I mean, this is why we see, you know, news stories pretty consistently of, you know, CEOs and other people in business leadership and academic leadership say stupid, offensive, oftentimes racist things, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or U.S. presidential elections. Yeah, like that intro (laughs) class I mentioned, like, was like about half white people. I like that. I like that white people are in there and want to take these classes, too, because they'd sit there and be like, oh, my gosh, their their minds were getting blown just as much as I was, you know. And so that and Jorge would always talk about that, too. Like I would talk to him about how he said it was interesting because that semester he taught two classes, one of which a lot of my friends were in. And it was almost entirely POC and my class. That was very half and half. And he said it was interesting to watch the dynamic of like how the white students like were responding to what he was saying. And um, he would say, he's like, I mean, like not that they need more of a pat on the back, but he was like, you know, like it's, I like that you're here and that you care enough to be here. And like, however you got here, I'm glad that you're, that you are. And like, that's something that like, is like, it's good that like it's offered for like a gen ed. Cause that means just anyone could sign up for, for it and walk in. And that's like you said, like it's something like, at the end of the day, getting the students here to like also be more understanding, not just um, on the faculty, like makes our day to day easier. Yeah, I can't wait till it's a major. <laughs> uh, someday, well, you know, it, uh, maybe maybe you know this, maybe you don't, but starting next year, there's going to be a new living learning community, um, yeah. the Unidos LLC, and everyone who does that will t- all the incoming students who do that will do a special first year seminar. Um, that'll be basically a kind of like mini intro to Latinx studies. I didn't know that. Yeah. So we're, um, oh, I'm, I'm like looking around here. Um, oh, where'd the board my book? Oh, that's so cool. In a stack of books over here. I think the book we're going to use is, um, is, uh, oh gosh, what's the title of it? It's, uh, something about like, uh, Latino millennials. Mm. Um, and it's about kind of 
the uh, the spaces of engagement and the way that uh, kind of spaces get racialized and um, how that translates into people's like daily experiences, um, Latinx folks' daily experiences in restaurants and on campus and, you know, all sorts of places and how that fits, how that kind of relates to or informs um, the ways in which people do and don't feel like they're kind of included in this label of American, right? Um, and so it's about, it brings up all these issues of citizenship and belonging and race mm-hmm. and ethnicity and space and place. And, um, and it's a, it's a, it's not a very long book, um, but I think that's going to be the book that we'll use. Um, will be the kind of, yeah. Yeah. So uh, going on from that theme, right? So we have the LLC, uh, we have new students, we have new students who we're hopefully are going to take our classes early, uh, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe become minors. Uh, what advice would you give to them? People just starting out, starting out at a place like Iowa. Um, are we talking about like Latinx students starting out? Iowa? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Like what's that one piece of advice, words of wisdom that you offer them? That they do belong here when they don't, even though we don't feel like we do. I mean, these spaces like were created not for us, but like we do deserve to be here. We definitely like belong here and like we will become something like one day and whatever you do like we're gonna be professionals and like i don't know i just like emphasizing that we do belong here like at this pwi in these classrooms and we have a voice and our voices actually matter um and to actually like network that's that's another good um advice it's just like get out of your comfort zone if you have to and if you want to and um just like networking with other professionals like i know every year i try to go to like the lulac like networking night because like i like talking to the professionals in the community and knowing that like if they can make it i can make it too yeah i i think my piece of advice is that um just because you like walk down the street and might not see yourself there are people here you just have to look for them um which it like it there's people here to help you you just have to seek them out and once you find them hold on to them and like very much so like there are like consistently like faculty and students here that have made my experience here as a latinx student a lot easier and that like they genuinely like do care at least here and um there are like resources for you to find the community that you like want and you just have to look out for it and um whether that's like socially or like within the classroom like this program like I think just like whatever you whatever it is that you're like you need like there's people here that are going through the same exact thing have gone through it or um are here to help you through it so just making sure that um you remember that you're not the only one here that's going through what you're going through that's great. Thank you both so much for joining us uh, for this uh, this podcast episode today. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for inviting us. Yeah, thank you for having us. This was fun. Great. Well, you know, uh, for those listening in, uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on Twitter. We're at Imagining Lat for the podcast. Uh, and you can also shoot us an email 
at podcast at imaginingletinidades.com. Um, as always, we ask you to please share this podcast with friends um, and subscribe to the podcast. That's really important. And uh, if you're feeling up to it, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and leave a review uh, wherever you happen to do that kind of thing. Um, all that said, again, thanks for listening in. Uh, please check the show notes for uh, links to things we talked about uh, uh, today in our conversation. And again, thank you so much. Thank you.